Welcome to Vicious Talk with Benny P. Coming up today, episode 51 is going to be a quick podcast covering just some NFL football week 12 gambling and daily fantasy analysis. Normally, right about now, I'd be introducing my weekly co-host, Connor Larson. But with the Thanksgiving holiday this week and our busy schedules, we were not able to nail down a time for us both to record this week together. So he's just sent me some of his notes and daily fantasy selections, and I'll be sure to share some of Connor's thoughts throughout the podcast. So all right. Let's talk about a little bit of NFL football for this week, 12 uh, slate of games this week. Last week, um, honestly, it was a tough one for me. I lost big on pretty much all my picks um, for gambling last week. And honestly, I was shocked by a few of the outcomes, specifically Denver beating Miami, Atlanta laying an absolute dud against New Orleans, the Patriots loss against Houston, and especially Baltimore's continued offensive struggles and their loss last week to the Tennessee Titans. And to tack on to that, I did end up losing my fantasy matchup last week to my co-host Connor in fantasy football on the Chris Godwin late game touchdown grab on Monday Night Football. It was just a heartbreaking loss for me. And so it's probably honestly best that he's not joining me this week for the podcast because I'd probably just end up resenting him the entire time. Um, Week 11 was a very tough one for me. And it had me reassessing a lot of my evaluations this week. So I, I honestly felt just completely deflated after my basically all my analysis last week went went out the window. And this week, I, I really decided to try to bounce back here. I buckled down a little bit, decided to dive deeper into some of these stats that are hopefully going to help me be able to offer some better selections um, for gambling, handicapping, as well as some DFS daily fantasy recommendations for any listeners out there. So... Let's start talking about some NFL Week 12 matchups here. Let's start off with the first slate, um, the first game I have here on my slate. The Las Vegas Raiders heading to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. The, the Raiders laying three points here, coming to uh, coming across the country to face the Atlanta Falcons. The Raiders coming off an impressive offensive performance against the Kansas City Chiefs last week. Lost that game to a late uh, last-minute drive from Patrick Mahomes, which is a extremely outstanding performance from the Kansas City Chiefs offense last week, but the Raiders had their own offensive success um, coming into this one. Seemingly like the better team here against the Atlanta Falcons, who had a very disappointing performance last week against the New Orleans Saints. So let me make the argument here against the Raiders, because it seems like the public here is going to be heavily on Las Vegas with just a, a three-point spread here, um, coming off of a, what most would consider an impressive performance against Kansas City last week, who a lot of people feel may be the best team in the NFL right now. So the argument against the Raiders looks like this. So last week could have been an extremely, extremely demoralizing loss for the Las Vegas Raiders. So to have a lead so late in that game against a divisional opponent at home to play so well yet lose that game had to have felt like a major gut punch for the Las Vegas Raiders. And now they're flying across the country to take on the Atlanta Falcons and a Falcons team that looks like on paper coming off of a very poor performance last week looks like they're trending downwards. And my thoughts are it's possible that we see some of the the loss and the heartache of last week's loss start to bleed over from uh, into this week's matchup against the Falcons for the Raiders. So I think last week's disappoint, appoint, disappointing loss for the Raiders could trickle into their performance this week. So beware of that. But the Falcons coming off of their own divisional loss, and they looked 
a lot worse than the Raiders did last week against the Saints. Not really able to move the ball at all. Matt Ryan looked awful. Julio Jones came out of that game banged up and is, is questionable heading into Sunday's matchup. Make sure he's playing. If you're on the Falcons, make sure Julio Jones is playing um, because that is critical to the Falcons' success. But that matchup against the Saints was very physical. They came out with some battle wounds. Todd Gurley is going to be out for this Week 12 matchup against the Raiders. Julio Jones, like I said, is questionable. And we all know about the drastic difference that Julio makes for Matt Ryan. So his status, like I said, it, I can't I can't emphasize this enough. It is critical that Julio Jones plays this game for the Atlanta Falcons uh, to have any chance at being the Raiders in this one. So I'm not going to downgrade. So while I'm going to consider last week's loss for the Raiders to be possibly uh, impacting their performance this week. I am honestly not going to be downgrading too much the Atlanta offense for their their poor performance last week against New Orleans, whose defense, New New Orleans' defense, is starting to really come together as the star of that team. They have looked really great over the last few weeks, and so I'm not going to be banging the, the, the Falcons too much for laying an egg against that really elite New Orleans defense. New Orleans, honestly, they're ranked first in DVOA right now. They're looking like a very, very serious Super Bowl contending team. So not too much to be ashamed of for the Atlanta Falcons not being able to compete where, really well with one of the NFL's elite teams um, this season. So I'll make an argument that also Raheem Morris, the head coach for the Atlanta Falcons, who many feel honestly may end up holding on to this job after this season. I think that the Falcons are going to want to continue to play hard for this guy. And I think they're going to stay motivated to, to continue to compete against the Raiders in this matchup. So I think motivationally, the Raiders may be trending downwards while the Falcons continue to stay the same or trend upwards to try to keep Raheem Morris behind the head coaching position here for Atlanta. So that's a possibility for me. My next point here has to do with Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders offense. Last week, Derek Carr and the Raiders had all the time in the world uh, for Derek Carr to look for open receivers, for receivers to get open. He had a very nice pocket um, to throw the ball against the Chiefs last week. The Chiefs defense was horrendous last week. So for how good the Chiefs offense was, their defense was almost just as bad. And they almost cost them that one. But obviously, Patrick Mahomes is a magician. Came back in that one, uh, made the the game-winning touchdown to throw to Travis Kelsey. So... um, Coming to this one, though, the Falcons, this is why I'm worried that the Falcons' pass rush may end up causing some more trouble for um, the Raiders than the Chiefs were able to to, uh, to do against them. The, the Falcons surprisingly rank second in pass rush success rate this season. At 55%, they rank behind only the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have mo- what most could, would consider an elite defense this season. They rank just behind the Steelers at 55%, um, and they rank third in run-stop win rate at 32%. The Atlanta Falcons' defensive front this season has been very respectable. At 55%, that means that they're getting to the quarterback, or at least pressuring the quarterback, within 2.5 seconds, 55% of the time on passes. That's a pretty good rate. And so the Falcons are going to be able to pressure Derek Carr a lot more effectively than the Kansas City Chiefs were able to last week. In comparison, the Kansas City Chiefs, this is an ESPN analytics um, statistic uh, that they've calculated. The Kansas City Chiefs rank 20th in team pass rush win rate. They uh, are getting to the quarterback in within 2.5 seconds on passes just 41% of the time. So my thoughts here are that the Atlanta Falcons defensive front is going to be able to stifle the Raiders a little bit more effectively this week than the Chiefs were able to last week against the Raiders. So 
Uh, this game really honestly feels like a little bit of a trap here for the Raiders co- traveling across the country laying only three points here it feels like this line should be at least based on based on public perception should be at least like minus four to minus five honestly based on the Raiders impressive showing what most would consider impressive showing last week against the Kansas City Chiefs who are mo- what most assume to be the best team in the NFL some of the advanced stats suggest otherwise but the Chiefs in the public eye are considered honestly right now the best team in the NFL alongside the Pittsburgh Steelers obviously but it feels like this game, it should be, like I said, minus four to minus five. This this line has not budged all week. It's been minus three, Raiders minus three all week. I think the Atlanta Falcons are, are, are in store for a little bit of an upset here. I think that as long as Julio Jones plays, I'm going to pick the Falcons and the points in this one. But the, obviously the health of Julio Jones is a major factor here for Matt Ryan and the Atlanta offense, especially with the running game hampered without Todd Gurley. So keep an eye on that. Next matchup here on the docket, I want to talk about the Buffalo Bills taking on the Los Angeles Chargers in Buffalo. The Bills are the favorites by four and a half points here. The over, uh, the point total over under line is 52 and a half right now. Coming into this one, the Chargers are off of the, uh, coming off of the win against the Jets last week. They did not cover their eight and a half point spread. Um, a game where the, the stats showed that the Chargers really should have won basically by about 30 points, but they ended up winning by just uh, six points against the Jets, um, a very lackluster Jets team, obviously. The Bills are coming off of a bye week against, uh, and then a loss against the Arizona Cardinals two weeks ago on that Hale-Murray play uh, from Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins that we all love to see. I have a pick here. I'm taking the Chargers and the points as well as the over at 52.5. So here's my reasoning for the Chargers. The Chargers are one of two teams this season that have not lost a game uh, by more than one score. So they have not lost by more than eight points this year. The only other team, obviously, is the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are undefeated. But the Chargers are three and seven. They have seven losses to their docket, but they have not lost any of those seven games by more than one score. They have a point differential of just negative 13. It's it's interesting to see a three and seven team at negative a, a negative thirteen point differential. It suggests that they're coming up really just barely shy, at winning a decent amount of these games. They they probably should have more wins um, than they do than they obviously do because uh, we've discussed this previously on Vicious Talk podcast. The Chargers have been um, really just unfortunate this year. They're getting a lot of bad luck plays late in games. A lot of bad coaching, obviously, from Anthony Lynn. Uh, hopefully, for Chargers fans, that that improves, but. For a gambling perspective here, I, I like the Chargers' chances to keep this game close and within a field goal. Um, and, and if you're uncomfortable with the four and a half, honestly, uh, you could tease it up. You could tease, and I think if it's a really it's a guaranteed bet if you tease this Chargers up to about nine nine points, nine and a half points. I think that's a guaranteed win. Um, the stats here suggest last week the Chargers should have dominated that Jets game, so they're not going to win by a lot, but they're not going to lose by a lot. I like the over as well here at 52 and a half. That total just doesn't feel high enough. It feels like this total should be in the 56-57 range where it was uh, for the Bills' last matchup against the Arizona uh, Arizona Cardinals. The Chargers' offense ranks 10th in DVOA, while the Cardinals' offense ranks 11th. So the, they have a comparable they have a comparable offensive attack as the, than the uh, to the Arizona Cardinals. And this point total is four to five points less than it it was against Arizona. So Buffalo over the last two games has. 87 pass attempts versus 22 running back carries over the last two games, I said. Um, that that has resulted in 78 combined points um, and 62 combined, combined points in their last two games for the, for the Bills. The Chargers 
the Chargers games this year have been in a lot of the overs ever since Justin Herbert took over at, at quarterback. They've given up they gave up 28 points to the New York Jets last week, for Christ's sake. I mean, the Jets have an abysmal offense, and they scored, They were able to put up 28 points against the Chargers. The weather here will not be a huge factor in Buffalo. Don't be worried about that. It's going to be cold in the 40s, but there will be no rain, and the wind is going to be minimal, not enough to affect the point total here in this one. Like I said, I like the Chargers and the points, as well as the over on the 52.5 point total here. I'm teasing the Chargers to plus 10.5 on my personal gambling bets, um, and I'm, I'm sure they're going to cover that almost almost certainly, um, just because the, the money the money so far here has been on Los Angeles from in the for the Sharks in, in Vegas, um, the line has moved from five and a half to four and a half. So ch- clearly, the Chargers were thought of as a, a, a good a good chance to. They were thought of to have a good chance here to cover the five and a half points. It's moved down to four and a half. So I still kind of like it at four and a half, but I would have rather had it at five. Next game I wanted to discuss here on the docket: Kansas City at Tampa Bay. A great matchup here between two elite NFL teams to uh, most people would consider top 10 Tampa Bay sliding a little bit over the last few games. Um, but Kansas city coming off of that big win against the Las Vegas Raiders last week that I mentioned here um, in that Falcons Raiders matchup, the Kansas city chiefs were uh, very close to losing that matchup against Vegas. And if not, if it, it wasn't for Vegas, defensive struggles and Mahomes being basically a magician out there, um, it, Mahomes shouldn't have to be amazing to be a team like the Las Vegas Raiders. So I'm worried about the Chiefs defense here in this one, in this matchup. Um, but their offense, honestly, could just be that good. That It doesn't matter. Um, but here, here's my, my, my argument for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay continue, continues to be held in high regard amongst the Sharks and stat heads in this sport. Football Outsiders DVOA still ranks Tampa Bay second in their DVOA rankings overall. Um, but they have the largest variance in the league at 26.4%. So the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been very inconsistent this year. They look elite and, and look the best team in the NFL in some weeks. And other weeks, obviously, like last week against the Rams, um, the week against the Giants. Like, there's been matchups that the Buccaneers have been just looking very out of sorts and and not themselves. And this could bode well for my bounce back theory here for um, the Bucks against the Chiefs in this matchup. I've also heard some kind of crazy theories about Tom Brady at, at his advanced age at this point. He he might not be playing his best in late games this year because the theory is that he's been going to sleep early. He's been going to sleep early during the week, uh, during non-game day uh, days. And so he's playing sleepy in these late primetime matchups. And I mean, it's a weird, it's a weird theory, but until I see Brady um, with, with a good um night game and a primetime matchup uh it makes a little sense you know uh little 43 years old isn't easy to play um in a game of youthful great athletes like in the nfl like you see in the nfl so it's possible that we could that 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 at least uh has an impact a little bit on brady's performance here in primetime matchups rest assured my my pick here um, is with the Bucks. Um, this game is not at night. It's it's an after. It's a late afternoon game here at four p, uh, four p.m. Eastern, I believe. Um, Brady relies heavily here on the success of his offensive line that currently ranks eighth in the league, and I'm liking their chances to protect Brady reasonably well for the most part against against Kansas City. Tw- Kansas City's 20th ranked pass rush win rate. Um, like I mentioned earlier on the podcast, they're winning just 41% of, of the time on their pass rush with, again, to the quarterback within 2.5 seconds, just 41% of the time. So the Bucks rank just below Las Vegas in the offensive DVO rankings. 
seven and eight, uh, respectively. So if the Raiders are able to exploit, if the Raiders were able to exploit the Ch- the Chiefs' offensive uh, defensive woes and expose a lot of Kansas City's uh, struggles on that side of the football, I also like Tampa Bay's chances to do to do much of the same here. I'm picking the Bucks in the points at plus three and a half in a bounce pack bounce back performance for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Next matchup I wanted to touch on, um, another good bet I like here. The Monday Night Football matchup, Seattle minus five at Philadelphia. Uh, the point total over over under total being at 50. Um, Seattle coming off of an extended rest Thursday night. Last week they had a Thursday night win against the Arizona Cardinals and a momentum-boosting victory. For the Seattle Seahawks here, Chris Carson, their running back, is returning. Seattle's run game and the time of possession battle is beginning to prove really crucial for them um, and their success this year. Buffalo um, and L.A. over the la- their last two losses for Seattle both featured the Bills and the Rams dominating on that- those sides of the football, dominating the, t- the time of possession battles. Um, Seattle held the ball for just 27, uh, and fi- 27 minutes and 59 seconds against Buffalo and 26 minutes and 24 seconds against the L.A. Rams. Not something you want to see when your defense has to when your defense is as, as bad as Seattle's. You don't want to, you you don't want their the Seattle defense to be on the field for longer than half the game. The Eagles coming into this matchup ranked 24th in the league in average time of possession for each game. Not something you want to see. Um, it, 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 it doesn't bode well for the Eagles here in that time of possession battle against the Seahawks. Um, and like I said, that's very crucial for Seattle's success this year. Um, Seattle. Um, sorry, Philadelphia also um, is not going to be having Zach Ertz coming back on this one. There was talks about his potential um, comeback this game. It looks like he was going to wait another week to see Zach Ertz coming back onto the field. Miles Sanders is continuing to get healthier, and that will benefit Philadelphia. But the offensive line struggles um, and the and the fact that they're very banged up this week uh, does not bode well for the Eagles. Lane Johnson went under went um, underwent season-ending ankle surgery. Um, Jack Driscoll has a knee problem. Jason Kelsey has an elbow problem. They're very banged up on the offensive line. Um, Wentz also has been awful over the last few games. He's uh, the offensive line being banged up isn't going to help him in his uh, turnover struggles over the last few games. It's not going to help that. Um, his opportunity this week as well. Philadelphia has a divided locker room. Also, there there are a lot of questions about whether or not Jalen Hurts should get the start, whether or not uh, Carson Wentz should get uh, benched here. But we'll see. He he's earned himself another start, and and if he does not pick up his performance pace here against the Seahawks, who their their pass rush ranks just twenty third uh, in the league, they're winning forty percent of their pass rush rates. Um, it's it it's a good matchup for any offense. Seattle's defense is not playing well this year, but over the last few games, the Seattle Seahawks have been increasing their efforts to blitz more. They have 16 sacks over the last four games. Wentz is going to have a hard time keeping up with Seattle's offense, I think, and I'm taking Seattle to win convincingly in this one. I like Seattle minus five. All right, so that's going to do it for my best bets here. I like Seattle minus five. I like I like Atlanta Falcons plus three. I like the Kansas City, sorry, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus three and a half, and I like the Chargers plus four and a half. All underdogs. So we'll see how that goes, except for Seattle, obviously, like I mentioned. Um, so now that we discussed that, let me dive into a little bit of daily fantasy. Uh, Connor s- sent me some of his da- his daily fantasy selections here. We have a few values for you. I'll, I'll read off our lineup so you could take a look and and possibly copy some of the stuff that we recommend recommendations that we have for you here. 
So Daily Fantasy Week 12, we both went with Justin Herbert at quarterback. We love the matchup against Buffalo. And like I said, I'm expecting a high point total here in this one. Look for a lot of points. I love the stack with Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen coming into this week in your Daily Fantasy lineups. In my running back one spot, I have Dalvin Cook facing off against the Carolina Panthers this week. I think it's Dalvin Cook's the the best running back in the NFL right now. He's running the ball very well. Minnesota should be scoring a decent amount of points here. Adam Thielen is out um, of this game, it looks like, with the COVID questions. Um, I think Dalvin Cook's going to be relied on heavily here to uh, carry the load here for the Minnesota Vikings. I like his ch- chances for a big game this he- uh, this week. I also have Kareem Hunt in my running back spot. He was pretty pretty good value this week. Only priced out at $5,600 on DraftKings. He's facing off a very lackluster Jacksonville Jaguars defense. I think Kareem Hunt still... I mean, we've seen his ability to put up good fantasy numbers um, uh, alongside his running back mate, uh, Nick Chubb, in Cleveland. I think the Browns are going to be running the ball a lot here against Jacksonville. I think that for just 5,600, Kareem Hunt's well worth that that price tag. Um, Connor at running back went with Raheem Mostert and his comeback against the LA Rams. I think to hear uh, Connor was looking at the value. Raheem Mostert's going to be relied on heavily um, coming back from his injuries this season. San Francisco doesn't really have much else on their offense. Mostert's going to be relied on heavily if he's starting here against the Rams. Not the best matchup, but I think it's an opportunity play. Connor also went with Kenyon Drake against the New England Patriots. The Patriots rank 32nd. Their defense ranks 32nd in DVOA right now. Patriots defense has been horrendous this year. Um, so, uh, like, this is another opportunity to play for Connor. Just $5,400 Kendrick, Kendrick, uh, Kenyon Drake is uh, against the Patriots this week. I think that's a decent play for Connor um, in, his wide, in his running back two spot. All right, diving into some wide receivers. I went with Keenan Allen. Like I mentioned, I love that stack with Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen priced at $8,000, so you got to pay up to get that elite price tag. But Keenan Allen, I think, is going to be well worth it this week. I love his opportunity um, for a big game here against Buffalo and in a shootout here um, in Buffalo. Connor went with the same as well. He went with Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert stack. Clearly, we both were thinking alike here. I think we're going to have a lot of points in Buffalo in this matchup. Uh, I would honestly really recommend Keenan Allen here. I went with Ke- uh, Keelan Cole Sr. against Jack- uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars against Cleveland. Keelan Cole is going to be the, the wide receiver one here for Jacksonville. In my YIT wide receiver two spot, I went with the price tag of just $3,600 for a guy who's going to see a lot of opp- lot targets and opportunity for a decent game um, against Cleveland's defense. It has been... Pretty mediocre the last few matchups. Um, Connor went with Justin Jefferson. Clearly a great play. $6,300 in DraftKings. Justin Jefferson going to be elevated to that wide receiver one spot with Thielen being out this week. Um, I think Justin Jefferson is a, is a great play here in Daily Fantasy against the Carolina Panthers. I went with Nelson Aguilar in my wide receiver three spot. Aguilar with a great game last week. Looking like, I mean, it's got to be so painful for Philadelphia fans to see Aguilar having some success in Las Vegas. Um, but like I said, the Falcons um, passing defense is not great. Their their secondary is very porous. Um, the Raiders threw the ball very well against the Chiefs last week. And let, even though I mentioned earlier on the podcast that I don't think the Raiders offense is going to be quite as good this week, they're still going to be able to put up a decent amount of points against that Falcons defense. I like Aguilar's chances for a decent game here. At, priced out at just $4,900, it was worth the value for me. 
Connor to round out his wide receivers his wide receiver core went with Devontae Parker and the for the Miami Dolphins a good matchup against the New York Jets not much else to to look at there uh the play the fact that Tua Tagovailoa is going to be sitting out this matchup and Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be in there back uh, behind center for the Dolphins I think bodes well for Parker's chances for a decent game here against the Jets um, a matchup you're never going to be afraid of at tight end, I went with Austin Hooper for Cleveland. I felt like the price tag here was low enough for me to take a chance at flyer on. Like I said, that Jacksonville Jaguars defense is not good. Uh, Hooper will have an opportunity to probably have a couple red zone targets. I hope he comes down with one of them. Connor went with Evan Ingram for the New York Giants at tight end. Facing off against the Cincinnati Bengals, the Bengals' defense has been atrocious this year. Evan Ingram uh, should be in store for a decent game. Priced out at 4500 on DraftKings. In my flex spot, I went with Demir Bird for the New England Patriots facing off against the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals have one elite cornerback in Patrick Peterson. He will be likely targeting, uh, matching up against Nikhil Harry or um, Jacoby Myers. Uh, so I do like Bird's opportunities here. Um, he had a big game last week against Houston. Six catches, 132 yards, and, and a touchdown on seven targets. Had also a carry and for 11 yards. He, he's got a good connection with Cam Newton. Cam Newton played with him in, in, in Carolina. He, he had a connection with him there. Bird here... I think it's a, it's a value play for me. Cam Cam's throwing the ball reasonably well. Some people think he's been uh, not throwing the ball well this season, but he's got a career-high completion percentage, 68.1. It's the highest completion percentage that Cam Newton would finish with um, had the, finish, the season finished today. Um, it would be Cam Newton's career high. So I think Demir Bird has an opportunity for a, a decent game here against the Arizona Cardinals. He's priced out at just 4100 so the value here was decent here um, to play him. For Connor in his flex spot, he went with Matt Breida. He's going to be the starting running back for the Miami Dolphins here against the New York Jets. Obviously, a great matchup against the Jets. Breida is going to be a bene- uh, he's going to benefit from an opportunity here um, to lead that backfield for the Miami Dolphins with um, Gaskin still on the IR, not able to come back this week, and the shoulder injury to Salvin Ahmed. He's going to be out as well. So Breida going to be a, a he's just going to benefit here from opportunity. Price out just four thousand dollars. I love that play here from Connor um, for the Miami Dolphins. In the defenses in the defense spots, I went with the New York Giants facing off against the Cincinnati Bengals. Just really love to see that the Giants defense has been getting better each week, and the Cincinnati Bengals have a backup quarterback playing this this week. I don't love the chances for their offense to move the ball well against the Giants. Connor went with the Cleveland Browns facing off against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can't go wrong with that matchup either. Uh, both defenses looking to uh, have a good game this week. Connor mentioned uh, some of his values. Like we said, we love that Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen stack for $8,000 for Keenan Allen, $7,200 for Justin Herbert. Um, we also like the Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs stacks. Um, like we said, that game is going to have a, a lot of points. Look for that one to be a shootout. Um, that could be a good value as well. Um, also a potential for a decent game, for decent games between Derek Carr and, and Darren Waller um, at tight end. Darren Waller, clearly the second best tight end in the league this year behind Travis Kelsey, who has been a stud in his own right. But Derek Carr had a good game against the Chiefs last week. Darren Waller has been his best, his leading target this season. That could be a decent value here. I like that, op- that suggestion here from Connor as well. Connor mentioned that he's got Justin Jefferson or and or Dalvin Cook in every one of his matchups this week uh, for Daily Fantasy. He really loves that uh, those those matchups for those two guys with Thielen likely out due to COVID. 
Um, I, I as well love love Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook this week. Another trend that Connor and I are going to be capitalizing on is that LA Chargers and Buffalo Bills game. Obviously, um, c- continue to talk about the opportunity for a big uh, point total here in this game. I, uh, both the Chargers and the Bills are in the top ten. They're ranking the top ten in pace of play this this year as well. Really, just seems like this is going to be a shootout between the Chargers and the Bills. Um, also look for the Miami Dolphins players in this in their their matchup against the Jets this week. Never never a bad idea to play people against the New York Jets. I mean, Fitzpatrick's a decent option for a value at quarterback. Matt Breida, like Connor mentioned um, earlier in his selections, and Devontae Parker um, could all be decent matchups here uh, for the Miami Dolphins. The only game with weather to monitor might be the. Green Bay Packers and Chicago Bears this week. It looks like that's going to be a very cold game. 34 degrees is the forecast right now. Looks to be like there's going to be some moderate winds as well. So keep an eye on that. Maybe hit the under on the point total in the morning. All right, so last topic I wanted to touch on really quick. Um, Really enjoy the Mike Tyson-Roy Jones Jr. fight tonight. Um, Roy Jones Jr. looked gassed in, in his matchup against Tyson, but Tyson was so entertaining to see. Looks extremely vicious. I mean, obviously a shell of himself, and he was because uh, he's basically the best. He's the best fighter of all time. Um, but he, he really just was a pleasure to see Tyson back in the ring, moving his feet well, head bobbing, throwing some vicious uppercuts and hooks. Not able to really land anything solid on Roy Jones Jr. besides a few good body shots, but those are really going to be hurting Jones Jr. Um, tomorrow. But Jones Jr. was just gassed after the matchup. And his comment about Tyson wanted to do it again. And Jones Jr. was like, I got to ask my family. Take it easy, man. I'm I'm 50 years old. You know, let me let me rest. Let me let my body heal a little bit. Let me see if I'm able to recover from this. Because I just fought Mike Tyson literally on every boxer's bucket list. It was just such a pleasure to watch Mike Tyson back in the ring. And, you know, it's really cool to see his journey over the years. I mean, really just talks about and I listened to Mike Tyson's podcast, Hot Boxing, a lot um he really loves to talk about how his mental his mental makeup has really just completely changed since he was the world champion that he was back in in the 90s and such and and tyson was an animal an animal and best fighter of all time and he he could have he, he was on top of the world he had the biggest ego he really just let the ease he talks about how he really let his ego get the best of him and he he was doing all these drugs and having sex with all these women and he really just lived a lifestyle that was not conducive to uh it wasn't healthy for him and he talks about how he really has in his older age really developed a, a per- sense of perspective and he honestly he he attributes a lot of his perspective and humbleness coming from uh the toad a dmt drug that he took and had these hallucinations that gave him some epiphany to change his his life outlook and it's really just cool to see his journey uh, i really enjoyed the fight i mean obviously not not the best most competitive matchup you'd ever seen on the boxing ring but just for such a pleasure to see mike tyson iron mike back in the ring you know so really just enjoyed it and i, I he said that he's looking forward to doing some more fights and i i'm, I'm gonna be looking forward to watching him if he does so really just wanted to finish up with that uh mike tyson he's back you know it, it was such a pleasure to watch and so if he's going to be doing more fights i'm going to be tuning in so all right that's going to do it for here for episode 51 of vicious talk with benny p good luck to everybody in their gambling and fantasy football endeavors this week and going forward as well going to continue to try to help you out um, in your daily fantasy and gambling 
um, handicaps going forward in the season. Good luck to all of you. Like I mentioned, please go rate and review uh, five stars for Vicious Talk with Benny P on any uh, podcast platform that you listen to. SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It's on all of them. Also, follow All Things Analysis on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, we got it all. Visit allthingsanalysis.com. Subscribe on the website so you can catch all of the latest updates we have on there. So that's a wrap here for episode 51 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. Don't forget to ask yourself at the end of the day, are you vicious?